Hey, this is Jimbo for Two Shots on a Barrel, and I'm hanging out with my buddy, J-Bo. What's going on, buddy? Well, listen, I, I figured it was time that we uh, tell everybody how much we appreciate uh, you guys listening to Two Shots on a Barrel. We would appreciate also, J-Bo, if they would go out and review the show, give us some good constructive criticism. But honestly, J-Bo, we like five stars and just really good really good comments that's right and if you could avoid doing it when you're really drunk that would be a very helpful uh, situation you left a review for me on a page and obviously you were 10 past where you should have been leaving that review but uh, yeah just even if you have to lie talk good about us please absolutely we're available on all kinds of uh, podcast platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You name it, we are out there. The other thing, J-Bo, is we would love to hear from you. If you know somebody that would love to be on the show, uh, you can always reach out to us, J-Bo. Tell them That's how. right. We have an email, and we've had it for about a year now, but we keep forgetting to tell you we have it. It's two shots podcast show at gmail.com. That's the number two, two shots podcast show at gmail.com. Com. Please, please, please send us an email. And I think the cool thing to tell everybody too, Jacob, is we're very active out on social media. We've got a Two Shots on a Barrel group page on Facebook. You're also a TikTok guy. I didn't realize you were a TikTok guy, but we actually do TikTok, Instagram, and all kinds of yeah, crazy things. Yeah, we're, we're on everything. We're, we're not really uh, really good at it, but we're on there. So get on there, laugh at our TikToks, and uh, I'm sure I'll get Jim on a TikTok here before long. All it takes is for one to go viral, Jebo, and it's as crazy stupid as you are, it's probably going to happen. It's going to happen. Either I'm going to get frostbit doing these uh, TikToks, or uh, we're going to have one go viral. So, so we're excited uh, about Two Shots. We are broadcasting out of our studios here in Main Street, Bourbon Country. It's a state-of-the-art studios uh, where we're going to have many, many guests and many, many shows for you to listen to. That's right. We're right here in the Pearl of Lebanon. Lebanon Health and Fitness in downtown Lebanon, Kentucky, just just sideways of uh, Rigetti's Restaurant. Make sure when you are in on the Bourbon Trail, if you're uh, staying in Marion County in Lebanon, make sure you come by. They have a state-of-the-art fitness center. It's really a uh, all-inclusive uh, center for uh, whether you're uh, men, women. They've got a place yeah. that your kids, if you're coming in for the Bourbon Trail with your kids, I have no reason to understand why you would be doing that. But in case you are, right. they can they can do it all right here at uh, Lebanon Health and Fitness. If you're only going to be here a day, they have $7 one-day uh, fees to come in and work out. All day long. Yeah. So can't beat it. Anyways, with, with that said, we appreciate you listening to our shows. And without further ado, it's two shots on a barrel. No need to ask They don't have a clue So raise your glass Take a sip with the bold brothers Now it's on with the show From the heart of central Kentucky The bourbon capital of the world It's two shots on a barrel With your host A couple of hot shots of their own The Bow Brothers Alright, it's uh, two shots on a barrel Back in the studio It uh, it feels so good, Jabo. <laughs> no air condition, no heater. It's just the perfect temperature in the studio. Finally, I mean, 
temperature, you can say it feels good. Temp- I just say it feels so good. It does feel good. Just like the old Alabama song, Feels So Right, Baby. Just don't sing it. Just yeah, I mean, I can I can if you I know, want me to. I know, I know. So, J-Bo, did you have a uh, very nice Halloween, I'm assuming? I did. Uh, we gave away about 45 pounds of candy 45. on my street. Yeah, and, so, so, and I don't play around, though. I give the kids, if they're going to get out in that cold, they're going to get some candy. There you go. You make sure they get diabetes, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I know mom and daddy's going to be eating some of it, so I'll take care of both of them at the same, uh, same time. So, so you've already heard a little snippet of our guest today. Uh, this uh, Dallas Robinson, welcome to the show, first of all, my brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so uh, this is an encore performance, J-Bo. You know, I love it when he comes in here because, you know, we need smaller people in here like myself <laughs> uh, to come in here and hang out for a little while, and that was just a big fat lie right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a big dude. Like like his his baby girl's bigger than you, yeah, J-Bo. Yeah, and well, most kids when they come out are bigger than me. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not saying much, Jim. All right, so, yeah, it, it's fantastic to have uh, Dallas. we got a lot of things that we can talk to uh, Dallas Robinson about, and we will today. Uh, it, it, there's so many different paths we could take. But uh, so, J-Bo, uh, back to the Halloween thing, yeah. though. Man, that can get expensive for uh, for a guy like you that has a lot of visitors. Yes. Uh, you know, candy went up. I didn't know candy was so expensive. Dude, we're right in the middle of inflation. Haven't yeah. you heard? Well, listen, I used to buy the great big huge bags for a certain How price. much those bags cost now? I, I spent, it was like $200 worth Goodness of gracious. Yeah, it was a lot, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I, I I don't have that type of clientele out in the country, and and I'm I'm guessing Dallas that that's not uh, the type of uh, <laughs> trick or treaters you have out your neck of the woods as well. Yeah, I moved out there. We bought our place eight years ago, and I've never had a trick or treater. Oh mm. man! And uh, I don't. I'm not positive I've seen one, but I also live. I don't know twenty minutes out past Raywick. Yeah, you know, wow. on a single lane road. Yeah, uh, not many seven people miles at the end of it. Yep. Wow. Maybe yeah. we ought to send our kids out there next year and surprise him. Yeah. Just no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I may just be on the port zombie. <laughs> uh, before we go much further, a uh, couple shout outs. Uh-huh. Uh, our last guest we had on the show, uh, show was Mike Kelty. Yes. Uh, with the uh, the Turkey Federation. Yes. And uh, he, as far as I know, he still has those uh, commemorative 50th anniversary bottles still available for you. 200 uh, bucks, I think, is the price uh-huh. of those. And uh, the money goes to uh, the Turkey Federation. Yeah, yeah, go right and, and so it's, it's good stuff. And as Mike said on our show, most of it goes on the ground. So... Uh, we'll, we'll again shoot you out something to remind you on the uh, Two Shots on a Barrel page. Uh, but we were nice enough to get one of those bottles. But another way that you might have a chance, Mike has been doing these, uh, what do you call it? Raffles. Raffles. Mm-hmm. And so he will sell 13 picks at 20 bucks a pop, and then randomly he's going to draw somebody. Uh, I did that this week. You did. And J-Bo, when I first turned on the uh, Facebook to to watch it, I didn't get to see it live. 
So I turn it on. I had picked number eight. Yes, you did. The reason that I picked number eight is my one of my favorite Cincinnati Reds players of all time is none other than uh, uh, number eight. Yeah. Joe Morgan. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Joe Morgan was uh, was and and honestly, here was my here were my two thoughts. It was either going to be the second baseman Joe Morgan, or it was going to be the shortstop, a guy that I believe belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Davy Concepcion, number thirteen. All right, so I turn it on, and I'm and and I'm watching the replay of it, and it's on number eight. I'm like, yes, I won this bottle, sucker. So I push play. That's the number it started on. I'm like, crap. Yeah. So Mike goes through his spiel. He's got all the names there. He hits the randomizer. Guess what number showed up? Thirteen. Thirteen. Davy Concepcion. Yep. So dadgummit. Look, you still got a bottle up there. I do. It's autographed. Yeah, but we can't. I don't really feel like that's one we're going to open up. It's kind of like our our Fitzgerald 1849. Did you see that one, Dallas Robinson? I see it now. The, the old Fitzgerald, eighteen forty nine, um, night circa nineteen. I don't know, but it's eighty two, uh, eighty three, something like that. Uh, so our dear friend Billy Hill gave that to us. Uh, more housekeeping. Um, shout out to good buddies. Uh, good buddies, uh, Ray Osborne, great craft uh, brewery right here in Lebanon, Kentucky. If you're out on the Bourbon Trail. Stop in, stay in Lebanon, Kentucky, find you a good uh, Airbnb, stay in Lebanon. Uh, they're open Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times during the NFL season, they're open on Sundays. So it's fantastic. Absolutely. I had the Swamp Fox. Who bought it for you? Uh, Ray Osborne did. All right. Ray Osborne bought that for me tonight. I know and I told him, yeah, I told him, you know, no, listen, I had my debit card already out, ready to pay. And I said, uh, we're heading down. We're going to um, talk with the Olympian, uh, Dallas Robinson, and we're doing a podcast. He's like, man, if you give me a shout-out, I'll give you a beer. I was like, hey, let's go. Let's go. So that's where we are. Hey. Take it away, Jaybo. No, man, I, I tell you, you had a lot to say there, man. I mean, feel listen, I feel really good now. <laughs> All right. Well, look, since the last time Dallas was in here, uh, a lot of things changed in his life. And I'm going to tell you something. Becoming a daddy, there's nothing like it. And our buddy Dallas became a daddy since last time he was in here. So congratulations to you, man. And, uh, man, tell us all about it. Tell us all about it. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, I said this right before we went on air. Like, it, people my age, well, I'm kind of old to becoming a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost 42. But, uh, uh, my little brother, like, I swear, he sneezed on his wife, and they started popping out kids every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I may be good, an Olympian or, or a decorated Army veteran or been to the White House and all that other fun stuff, but uh, I'm just not real good at making babies. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but You're good I, at I, making one baby, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one we got, she's perfect. And, um, you know, everyone says, like, your life's going to change, your schedule's going to change, you're not going to have time to do this, you're not going to have time to do that. And... Like, for me, like, it was my perspective on life that changed. Not my actual, you know, maybe my evenings are more busy. I'm sure they are. You know, I have more responsibilities around the house. But those are those are easy to cast aside when you look at, like, your time horizon changes. You're not just living this life to impact those around you, but, like, 
you have a legacy. You, mm-hmm. You're building something for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you, just just using the word love, it changes because it means something completely different. Yeah. And, and I've always been like kind of open about telling my buddies I love them. Yeah. It, it almost feels like cardboard now when I look at my daughter because like I really love my daughter. And, um, you know, it's, I've always wanted to be a papa. And, you know, Chelsea and I have been married almost eight years, and it, it took that long. But when we were building our house, which took us 18 months to do, uh, I had ordered and, and got a custom-ordered, like, log bunk bed. We didn't, I mean, we didn't have a, a kid in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I, was, I was dead set that uh, at some point we're going to have kids, and those kids are going to use uh, – that bunk bed. Right. And then so the bunk bed arrived within a couple of days of when Chelsea confirmed that she was pregnant. And it just sat in my shop, and I was just, like, super excited. Sherby Keem came out uh, when we finally got, got the home done and assembled it. And uh, that was when I told Sherby. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, we weren't going to give up on that hope. And, uh, yeah, and her name's Esme, and which is uh, my wife's French-Canadian. Uh, she grew up just north of uh, Montana uh, on, on, a, on a grain farm out there, graduated six kids in high school. Wow. And um, so she, she fluently speaks French. Um, her, her The primary language obviously used around the house is English because I don't speak any French. <laughs> uh, French. So she uses it when she's unhappy with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, but as may, yeah, it's, it's been incredible. All right. So, so you, Esme. You talk about the influence, Chelsea, France, that type of thing. Is there any other? It, it means s- beloved. Beloved. Yeah. You knew that, though, didn't you, j I did. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and the hard thing about choosing names is they're like, yeah, I really like the name Catherine. But at some point, you probably met someone named Catherine. It wasn't real nice to you. And you're like, well, we can't use that. Yeah. 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 You know, because okay. Catherine in the third grade was mean to me. <laughs> she, she broke my pink eraser yeah. right in two. You right. Know, and so we can't use Catherine. Um, so you, there's a lot of really cool names out there. And that was one that we settled on. And, and her and I had only known one other person named Esme. And I think she competed for the uh, Belgium Olympic team. And she was just super cool. Wow. Super cool lady. And we were like, well, that works. She was wow. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, are you going to kind of push her towards the olympic uh path the same way you and your wife yeah so So. my wife and i like it's not like we came from olympic pedigrees right Mm -hmm. so a lot of people don't know this about me but like i was not a good athlete like i was not really it i let's put it this way i didn't back when i was playing youth league and in peewee and football there wasn't like minimum play minimum plays for the not good kids. Like you just rode the pine and someone sit on me on the, sit with me on the bench. I was the kid that like, you know, I was over there just playing in the dirt. Um, and, and I didn't step foot on a field and play in a game until my sophomore year of high school. And I started playing when I was six years old. Wow. So it took me that long to finally start developing. Um, Chelsea didn't have high school sports. She graduated with six kids. Uh, put it in perspective. She has five siblings. So the, child population in her house was equal to her graduating class in high school holy cow and so she would have to they would combine other schools to like create a volleyball team so they could have like a two three game schedule 
and that's it. Um, didn't have track, didn't have facilities like that. So neither her or I came from a, an Olympic pedigree. Neither her or I were ever pushed into it. Um, but something that something that I had that made me uniquely and and awkward was every we moved a lot and almost every single year we moved to a new school until high school and then I finished out high school where I started but prior to then it was every single year we were at a new school and so I was always a new kid and every time I'd go to a new place I I would I would dream and 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 I would hope that the teacher would realize I was actually the smart kid because you get a fresh start every year and then the coach would be like oh this hidden talent this new kid you know he's got the stuff Mm -hmm. I hoped that they would find it but I believed it myself the entire time and I was always after practice dribbling the basketball and I was always throwing catch to myself and I was always doing all those other things. Um, and as I got old enough to start going to a gym, I mean, I would drive my football coaches and my track coaches crazy because I would go to practice. I would do morning weights. Then I would go to the gym for two hours afterwards. And I just trained and trained and trained and trained. And eventually I started to develop. And when every other kid was playing video games during spring break, I wasn't. I kept thinking at some point someone's going to realize I'm good, I'm special, I'm a good athlete. I wanted it more than anything, and it it just became a pattern for me that I didn't view weekends. I viewed a weekend as an opportunity to get ahead of the other people. I viewed spring break as an opportunity to get ahead. I viewed Christmas break as an opportunity to get ahead, and it, it like it it was a madness. Um, so by the time I was a senior with a 1.9 GPA. Missed, you know, 45 days of school. Um, <laughs> I had actually developed into a decent athlete, but I didn't do anything else I was supposed to do. And so it was like really a struggle for me to get into a college, take the remedial courses, and then have to take summer school courses, and to finally get up to the level where I could actually feel comfortable in a college classroom. And it was by my sophomore year, because I walked on my freshman year, I was a full Pell, full CAP grant kid, like full federal aid. Um, so I didn't have to pay that much my freshman year anyways, just due to our, our, our household income level. Um, and that was at Moorhead State University. And then I was offered a full ride to transfer to Eastern Kentucky University for track and football. And that was kind of really when I started coming into my own. I wasn't even the fastest kid in my high school. Um, and that's coming from an Olympian who later was one of the fastest indoor short sprinters in the United States. Um, but I didn't take spring break off. I never took summer break off. And by the time I was 19, 20 years old as a sophomore in college, I had, I had had four to six additional training seasons over the other kids. And it became very apparent that I was different. And that, that through those years of that dedication, that training, my parents were supportive, but you couldn't play sports if you also didn't have a job. That was it. That was the rule. You buy your own cleats. You do your own things. They would show up to the competitions. Um, You find your own ride home from practice. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that that was that was kind of the way we did it. And Chelsea was the same way. She worked all the way through high school. Her first job in college, she walked on. Keep in mind, she was a Canadian national champion in heptathlon, pentathlon, earned a scholarship, later became a world champion. And she worked the whole time through college and she worked at a plastic factory and as a commercial roofer. So, so I don't want Esme to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to have to be a commercial roofer, plastic factory, uh, work at a lumber yard during summers to pay for a gym membership. But uh, she's going to be a heck of a lot smarter th- than I am, and she can do anything and everything she wants to do. And uh, I just want to help her avoid pitfalls and landmines. 
and she'll be good outside of that. I mean, she's going to be like Superwoman. I, I don't know if I would have any worries about her at all. I mean, look at the genes being passed down to this young lady. No, I get it. I mean, he's okay, but Mama's a superhero. She, no, he, she comes he, in. He's second up, best in his house. Oh, by far. Of course, you are too. Oh, by of course, far. I am too. Look, we were we were uh, <laughs> cleaning this room up. And Chelsea was working circles no, around all no, the guys. No, I get man. it. No, she, I totally get it. Unreal. Uh, wow. You know, so so I'm listening to this. First of all, when I when I'm hearing about this this whole deal with being a new dad and and all this, and I'm, I'm as I'm speaking right now, I'm getting cold chills. I mean, just so you know. Uh, and then I'm hearing the follow up with you know your question. You know, is she going to, you know, you're going to push her to this. And then you hear this. I'm getting cold chills through that whole first segment. I tell you did what. You, did, you actually, did you actually get cold chills through any of that? Or are you just so. I think, I think my feeling is I'm just so happy for you. I mean, you, you were, you're so successful. And you won't tell anybody that because you're, you're humble. But seeing you successful and super happy now. I mean, you were happy before. But you're yeah. a different kind of happy now. I, yeah. I'm, I was a totally different person when Amira came around. Totally. It changed my world. And I'm just so happy when, when a friend of mine can feel that same feeling. Because there is no other feeling. There is no, no other love. No. There is no other love. No, and, there, and there's, like, there's, there's no other title. Like, dad. To be dad, to be papa. It is so, so she's going to yeah. call you papa. I think so. so. So tell me about that. I don't know. I, like, that was... I, so, you know, one of, one of the routines is I would talk to Chelsea's belly and I just started saying, you know, Papa can't wait to meet you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that is kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, so when I, you know, when I get home and I take over Esme, like I'll, I'll wear her, I'll cook dinner and, you know, Chelsea hand her to me and she's like, Papa's home. And, yeah. but I think that actually started with our, our three German shepherds prior to that. When I get home, they, like they go bonkers and she'll be like, Papa's home. So yeah, that's kind of how that started. Yeah, I, I was a dog dad first to yeah. three, three right. black German shepherds. Yeah, and uh, my, yeah. my wolf oh, pack. Man. That, yeah. That's another reason you don't want to just show up. No, 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 at no. Halloween next yeah. year at at Dallas no, no. and Chelsea's home. Yeah, don't for sure. Show up. Not no, thank you. All right, before we go much further, uh, J-Bo, you want to tell everybody what we are partaking oh, in? Or Dallas, why don't you? Why don't yeah, you? you uh, is this the first time you have tried this? It is already one. And uh, it is, it's finished in Brazilian Ambirana wood. Yeah, I can't say that. And uh, yeah, it's my best guess. So um, what's what's your thoughts? You guys, so you guys prepared me. Like said, it was spicy. So I was thinking it was going to have like a like quite a rye to it. But the bottle right next to it, which we have, which we haven't drank yet, the Knob Creek Nine Year, I think it's hotter. Yeah. Uh, and and they're they're roughly the same proof. Um, the already one's a little higher, so I actually think it's kind of sweet. And well, and, yeah, and it and it doesn't stay on your pa- like it doesn't stay on your tongue for a long time. Yeah, like it goes down. It doesn't coat. It's not syrupy. Yeah, I think it's just, yeah, it's smooth. It's good. Drink. It's it, it's funny. It's it's like a uh, what's that animal that changes colors? Chairman. Yeah, a chameleon. It, because when we were at the bourbon festival, you and I. Got absolutely all of the sweetness that you're talking about. I mean, it was just like, oh my God, we're floored. This is the best 
This is the best pour yes. at the at the 2023 Bourbon Festival. We didn't get any of the heat, and then we were in here. What what, what was it, j Was it ham days? Yes, it was ham days. And, and and so we did a pour, and I was, <laughs> whoa, where did that come from? So it's it, it was deceptive tonight. Smooth again. It's back smooth. It's weird. How hot was it, ham days? It was Ooh, it was warm. It was warm. Yeah. I, yeah, I bet the bottle was north of 80, 85 degrees. Yeah, I, I, that probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, but but tonight, perfect, smooth as could be. I'm like Bill Nye over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, love it. Um, so why don't we take our first break? Let's do that. We've we've talked uh, a lot about uh, personally what's happened in the life of of Dallas Robinson, but man. He's got a lot of stuff. You know, listen, most people are, are a new dad, and they're just like, that's it. That, that and, 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 you know, you do good just to show up for work every day, right? No, not this guy. When we come back, uh, we're going to we're gonna dig into a lot of stuff because this man has been busy, j Superman. And so, listen, it's, you know... Uh, it's one thing to be an Olympian once, but you're 42 years old and you decide that once is not enough? What? Are you kidding me? All right, so more with the Patriot, an Olympian, a dad, a papa, Dallas Robinson, coming back on Two Shots on a Barrel. So, Jabo, I found out the um, the older you get, the more kids as your kids grow older, you suddenly have a damn fleet of vehicles. <laughs> and and to both of us, man, we can tell you all about it. Uh, we both have brand new sixteen year olds hitting the road. So uh, let me tell you how often we're visiting big old tires these days. And it's important when you got your 16-year-old out on the road, you have good tires. Oh, absolutely. And the place to go, we know, is Big O Tires of Lebanon and Barstow. That's right. Billy Taft has been doing this a long, long time. If you want advice on getting the perfect tire for the perfect vehicle, go to Billy Taft first at Big O Tire. And not only can they supply you with some great tires, they also can do oil changes, mm-hmm. brake work, you name it. And here's the cool thing that really impressed me when I visited Billy Taft and Big Old Tires the last time. That dude is customer service extraordinaire. Absolutely. He's been like that uh, as long as I've known him. I've known him a long time. He's a great guy just like off the court than he is on the court. He's just A-plus, and I, I love that dude. He's, he's really, really genuine, and he knows his tires. And if you're having problems, let's say let's say this weather's crazy, okay? It's raining a bunch. Go in there and let him put new windshield wipers on your car. Besides going and trying to do it yourself, I'm I'm speaking by experience here, Jimmy. You. It's yeah. it's no. it's a terrible terrible thing to do putting wipers no. on yourself. Uh-uh. No. big believer in big old tires of Lebanon and Barstown, right here in the heart of Bourbon Country. If you're in for the bourbon trail, your car kind of messes up on you, go see our friend Billy Taft. Pit stop. It's all it is. Pit stop. You're in and out and uh, off to the uh, next distillery. There you go. Big old tires of Lebanon and Bardstown, a proud sponsor of Two Shots on a Barrel. 
All right, so one thing we've learned on Two Shots is it's important to know where to go when you need a good attorney to go. Yes, sir. It's very important nowadays. We've had to get one of our own here lately, and uh, we got the best in the business. We absolutely do, and we found out one morning when you go visit Don McCauley, you better enjoy bourbon and stick around for a while. Because not only is she very good and an expert attorney, she also knows her bourbon. She does know her bourbon, and she knows where to get it, and she will not tell me where the secret stash is located. But well, that's okay. But she'll bring out many of the unicorns that she has in her yes. house, and, and we enjoyed uh, spending time with her. But on a serious note, we know that uh, folks listening out there need to have good legal representation. Don McCauley. Don McCauley, you are right. 144 West Main Street in Lebanon, Kentucky. Her phone number is 270-692-0684. If it's legal anything, she will take care of it. She will be there for you, and she will be the voice that you need to get through this situation. We're talking real estate law. We're talking business law. We're talking anything criminal related, yes. uh, divorce, you name it, bankruptcy, any of those things, Don McCauley can take care of you. If, if, if you're nervous and you just don't know which way to go, if you need that voice, call Don McCauley. Once again, 270-692-0684. Yeah, good stuff right here in bourbon country. Don McCauley, law office of Don McCauley. Thanks. Marion County Trail could be the best value in bourbon-themed travel in Kentucky. You'll experience one of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail's crown jewels, one of the Bourbon Trail Craft Tour's top-rated stops, and something you can't find anywhere else. Organized tours of a bourbon barrel manufacturing facility, all in one place. It's the Marion County Trail. Take your time to tour, dine, shop, and stay all along the way. Explore world-famous Maker's Mark, a hot-ticket item on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Limestone Branch Distillery, home of world-famous Yellowstone Bourbon, and one of the top-rated stops on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail Craft Tour. Kentucky Cooperage, the sprawling plant where the thriving bourbon industry's barrels are hand-built and seared with fire for bourbon-aging flavor. And Lebanon, home of wonderful dining opportunities from home-cooked to chef-driven. Unique shopping opportunities, nowhere else to be found murals for your selfies, and overnight accommodations that range from traditional to bed-and-breakfast to bourbon-themed. Go to visitlebanonky.com for more details. Lebanon Tourist and Convention Commission, 270-692-0021. You tired of paying rent? Do you dream of owning your own home? Now's the time to make that dream a reality. Call Lisa, 270-402-4036. Have you outgrown your current home? Need more space or just the opposite? Are you looking to downsize? Call Lisa, 270-402-4036. Whether buying or selling, now is the time. Call Lisa, 270-402-4036. Lisa Kearns Realtor, Exit Realty Bluegrass, 270-402-4036. Call or text Lisa Kearns, The Helpful Agent. What are you whispering about? Nothing, man. You go. All right, back to two shots. We are with Dallas Robinson. We have switched gears here. Uh, Dallas was telling us about one of his favorite bourbons. His go-to. Little did we know we we had one up on one of our uh, our our shelves. 
Dallas may we may have been a benefactor a benefactor of of like a secret elf. Dallas might have been the one that planted that up there. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm, good. I, it's good. It really is. What is that bourbon we found on the shelf there? What yeah, is that? Yeah, that, early times bonded. Um, Brown Foreman owns the label now, and it is it's a leader. Obviously bonded. It's a hundred proof, four to five years, and it uh, it's about twenty five, twenty six bucks for an entire liter. Can't beat it. And we don't have it on ice. We have it room temperature. Yeah, it, it's smooth. It is. It absolutely it is, is fantastic. Uh, shout out again. I got to give a shout out to my buddy Ray Osborne. Yes. Actually, you know, I misspoke in the first segment. Um, I was Ray was going to make me. Ray was actually going to make me buy it. Do you know that? Oh, and, and 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 I told him I said, "Hey, we're going to do this podcast." And so Charlie Charlie Quarter, I think so, was sitting there, and he said, "Well, listen, if he's going to give you a shout out, you need to give him a free beer." Oh, I like that guy. And so I was like, and Ray said, "I can do that." I was like, "Heck yeah!" And I, you know, if 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 it's a shout out per beer, we'll, now we'll, look, Dallas, he'll never be the same. He's going to go to a bar every time. Before a podcast, does anybody want to shout out? <clears throat> well, you know we're having some new shirts. This is some more yeah. housekeeping things. We're having some more uh, two shot shirts, which I really like. I mean, these are just this is just throwing the name out there, but they don't you think they really look good? They look good. I think they're going to look fantastic. I haven't seen them, but I've well, you, you've seen yeah. the picture. So uh, United Threads, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Thomas is doing those for us. Shout out Jason Thomas and United Threads. If we can get a little discount, we'll take it. <laughs> like he's awful. He's awful. I mean, listen, that's, this is worldwide, that's J-Bo. A, that's a banker for you over here, man. I mean, it's worldwide. <laughs> You're we, right. You you, so, if he's listening, I think we'll get a little little discount. But, anyways, all right, back to Dallas. So, we, we, we've talked about a new papa. We've talked about uh, the house. Uh, by the way, let me, let me say this too, J-Bo. Uh, the, the attire that Dallas has on tonight. That I, he doesn't even. I can tell you what that means. What he's wearing. That is, grand grandparents' last name, right? Wayland? Well, yeah. I mean, we we uh, Wallen, which Wallen, which I, I know, but it's got a little. I, I feel a little Kevin Costner coming out in him tonight. Oh, I like that. See? I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So Wallen's my middle name, and it was it was my grandfather's last name. They had three daughters, mm-hmm. so no one carried the name on. The three daughters ended up having eight grandchildren, and they just randomly chose one of the middle grandkids, the one that was kind of quiet, didn't talk a lot, me, uh, to carry the name on as a middle name. Uh, my grandfather fought in World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War. Then he worked 25 years at General Electric after that. Halfway through that stint, he bought a little farm at the corner of LaRue, Mary, and Nelson County. And um, they eventually saved up enough money to put a nice double wide on it, and that's, wh- that's where they retired out and lived. By the time he got to the farm, he had about six to eight years, but when he was out there full-time, of, of a healthy lifestyle before he succumbed to Alzheimer's. Mm. So my, then it was just my grandmother out there. And when I got back from my last tour and uh, in, in 2014, he came out to visit my grandma and uh, hung out with Stella Wallen. And we were, we were hanging out, and true to form, my grandma's like, let's go shoot guns. So we went around back of the trailer. We were shooting guns, and there was a for sale sign back there. I asked her about it. She started crying. So apparently they've been trying to sell it for a couple of years. Oh, man. And at this point, you know, I'm stationed full-time in Frankfurt, and I'm living in Georgetown, pretty close commute. I'm coaching mm-hmm. at Georgetown College, and I was just like, 
so no, so you, where, where are you going to go? She's like, I'm just going to move to Florida. So like, what's going to happen to the farm? And I just couldn't, I couldn't get away from all the memories and all the legacy, just stopping and just dying. Mm-hmm. And of, and of all the, all the grandkids, I was the only one that also served in the army and, and I was the one that carried the name and I just felt connected to it. So we went and got it appraised, paid the highest appraisal. And, uh, so I bought the original core part of the farm, roughly 200 acres in the double wide trailer, and then lived there for about a year with my grandma until she got settled and, and got her place, um, there in Florida. And then unfortunately she, she was supposed to come back and she passed about six months later. Oh, man. Um, but right as she was leaving, a few things she was saying is, you know, listen, Hoss, I don't think you understand how much work it takes to, to run a farm. And I'm like, well, like you're 75 and like, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a general idea of what it takes. And, it, you know, if you can do it, I can do it. And it is a lot of work. And then since there were times in there that they sold off parts of the farm um, to make ends meet, uh, log some of it, sold it off, log some of it, sold off. And, and through the through the past seven, eight years, we've bought, off, we've bought every piece of acre or every piece of land that was sold off and some additional acreage as well. Awesome. Um, so, you know, we've continued to expand the farm, continue to uh, expand Wall and Ridge. And, uh, yeah, yeah, super happy to be out there. But one of the other things she said, in addition to that, was at some point you're going to you're gonna drive up this driveway and you're going to realize this is all yours. And I can't wait till you call me that day. And I, really up into, you know, the first five, six, seven years I've owned it, I never felt that. Like, it's theirs. It's their legacy. It's, it's, it's their ridge, and I just get to be the, the steward of it. And really over the last year or two with the m- amount of changes we've made and, right. and building the ponds and building back the roads, I've kind of started, like, it doesn't look the same. I've started kind of feeling like I've I left my mark on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's the story behind the wall. And look, that's cool. Look, when you get some uh, T-shirts made, you know, throw them our way. Yeah, I, I'll I, give you guys some I ball definitely, T-shirts my butt. I want one of those Yellowstone <laughs> shirts. Yeah, yeah. You look good in that, man. Yeah. Look good I, I'm that. like... I mean, I can't do the Olympian size, but I, I could I could fit into a nice snor- uh, normal size. Good stuff. Man. All right, segueing into Olympian. All right, so so Dallas Robinson, uh, Bob Sledder. What what year were you in the Olympics? Um, 2014, Sochi, Russia. All right, so 2014. And I was still active duty in the army as well. During wow, that. yeah. So, United States bobsled team. By the way, that's where you met Chelsea, Yeah, right? Yeah. So, like, all the nations tour and travel together throughout all the World Cup seasons, throughout all the nations, Germany, Italy, Austria, France, Canada, U.S., Russia, um, all through Asia. And then so every week it's a new country, a new race, World Cup, just like NASCAR. You, mm-hmm. go, from, you know, go from track to track to track, accumulate points. And there's only so many English-speaking nations. And so Canada, Great Britain, us, and the Aussies, like, you know, we, we, would, we would hang out and we would become friends. And um, Chelsea and I, like, we, my driver and I, Nick Cunningham, went to Switzerland early that year to get some ice time during Christmas break. Um, to kind of get ahead because that's where world championships were going to be that year. So to get more ice time. And so that's what we did. And the Canadians arrived a little bit early as well. So we didn't have all the nations around. And so, um, yeah, uh, met her and her teammates. And um, But I always hung out. Other than the U.S. guys, I primarily hung out with Canadian guys. And, you know, 
I would. This is bad. I'm supporting bad habits, but <laughs> I would. Uh, I would pack a, a bag of chew and dip on yeah. tour because in Canada it's like twenty five dollars a ten. Wow. Yeah, and I'm like they'll pay you in Kentucky just to take it. Like it's <laughs> every it's everywhere. Yeah, so I would pack like two to three hundred of them, and for some reason all the Canadians chewed. Yeah, like I mean it was gold currency. I could be like, guys, <laughs> I need you to sand all my runners and pay for my meals for the week, and here's one ten of Kentucky tobacco. Oh, they'd wow. be like, absolutely, eh? Like, all right, all right. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, so you were you were a young guy then. I mean, you were a young guy then doing this and 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 i can't imagine the the preparation that you not not just preparation i mean you've got to be daggone good to qualify to be on this team and and you did Mm -hmm. now let's fast forward let's fast forward Mm -hmm. 2023 jabo dallas robinson new papa uh, businessman, entrepreneur, 42 years old. 41 and change. Always round up. <laughs> All right, so 41 and change. And I'm looking out at some, some social media posts. I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And you were once again trying out for the United States Olympic bobs- bobsled team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this. I mean, how? This- yeah. yeah. So typically the peak of an athletic career for a speed and power sport. Um, so like Johnny Quinn and I were the only two new bobsled athletes that made an Olympic team in 14. All the rest were carryover Olympians. It's very difficult to make a team like that when you're competing against people that already know how to do the sport. And you're coming from Johnny Quinn was from the Green Bay Packers. He came from the NFL. Um, and I came out of a professional track and rugby background. So um, it was just us two. Over that four-year period, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Division One athletes and professional athletes that tried out, Johnny and I made the team. And then at 31, 32 years old, still a few years left on my Army contract, you know, I decided it's time, it's time to take – all that time and all that commitment, all that discipline, the thing that, the thing that gave me handwritten letters from two seating presidents of the United States for my military career, and the thing that allowed for me to be the one in a million Olympian, I can apply that to business. I can apply that to a family. I can apply that to other areas of my life, all that effort. And, and that's what I did, and that's what I've done uh, over the past decade. And, I, and the bad part about it is, like, you start seeing yourself in the life that you're building, and it's incredible, and it's the life you always dreamt of. It's the life I was telling the New York Times in 2008 I wanted to build when I wasn't yet an Olympian, but there, I was a curious case that they came to Kentucky to interview six years before I became an Olympian. And the reporter said, in his whimsical way, I think Dallas believes he will be an Olympian. And for some odd reason, I do too. Damn it, wow. Coach Hills again. There it is. So that, that same boy that didn't take – Christmas breaks off that, 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 that was waiting to be discovered as a talent that was waiting to get the attaboy from himself. I've always had a sense of fate and purpose that's been like heavy laid on my soul. And the burden, the burden of that is a restless desire to continue to improve myself against myself, me versus me for the embitterment of those around me. 
and that burden has been a blessing and the blessing comes from the obstacle that's in the way. And I've always been the thing that's been in my own way. And I've always been the one cracking my own whip. And when I continue to look in the mirror at what I'd accomplished in the business world and the, and the life uh, I'm providing and, 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 and we're providing uh, for now our family and the beautiful life that we have, I stopped. It's, and this is hard to say, and I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, there's only so many words to describe feelings, right? I stopped feeling like a killer. Like I had lost that in me. And you, 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 you look in the mirror and you take a photo and you take these before photos. Mm-hmm. And you're like, in three months, I'm going to take an after photo. In, in six months, I'm going to take an after photo. Mm-hmm. And I kept doing it year over year over year. And my before was worse than my prior before, was worse than my prior mm-hmm. before, was worse mm-hmm. than my prior before. Mm-hmm. And I kept setting new goals because there's magic in setting goals. There's magic in, in, in taking your now and taking your actions and weaving that with your future. And, and I'm all about goal setting, goal tracking, immediate, direct, measurable goals. But what was my fitness goal? Do workouts, feel good, be strong husband. Those are cool, but... but They're kind of, kind of broad it, it's, stuff. It's hard, it's hard coming off of being an Olympian and, and dialing down your fitness goals. So after just continuously see that area of my life and that, that, that being a failure and then losing that killer instinct, I... I set a date. I said, on this date, I'm going to go back to the Olympic training center. I'm going to meet with, with the coaches and they're going to test me and they're going to tell me how far I've fallen. I have about a year to make sure I haven't fallen that far because it will be an embarrassment. When, when I left, I was one of the top tier athletes in, 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 in the U S in the world, top five push athlete in the world. And, and, you know, I held training center records Olympic training center records. And I was nowhere near that. And I could barely recognize myself. Basically, I'd let myself go. So I set the date. And then I just started quietly training in the driveway, on the farm, in the basement, never in a public place, never in a public gym, because it's me versus me. It's always been me versus me. And I've always done all my work outside of the practice, outside of the eyes of the coaches and outside Mm -hmm. of the light of the world. And I just continued to train, and I started noticing some changes. I started being better in the office. I started being more disciplined in how many books I read. Rather than reading nine books and falling short of my 12, I was like 23 books because I was devouring them while I was training. I continued to get sharper. I continued to feel more like my old self. Now, there were plenty of times that I couldn't walk. There were plenty of times that I was like literally crawling out of the basement because I threw my back out again for the eighth time or, or pulled a muscle. And that happens when you're young. It happens when you haven't taken a decade off. It certainly <clears throat> happens when you're 41 and you took a decade off and you're like post-workout to a glass of bourbon. Probably shouldn't be doing those things. But, <laughs> but as I continued to build that confidence, and I continued to get better and I continued to whip myself. I finally showed up and met the coaches in secret. Them reviewing me. And the discussion was, you fell, you've fallen, you're not as good as you were, but I think you're almost as good as everyone else still. Oh, wow. Will you come back in four to six weeks and compete at U.S. push championships, U.S. championships? We helped you. We wrote the workouts. We spent some time testing you. Would you be willing to do that? Oh. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. Wow, man. And I wanted to place top ten. And that's kind of where I thought I was because, like, 
regardless of physically how I was, I haven't been competing in the sport itself. And these boys have been competing in the sport itself. We're talking mm-hmm. summer Olympians, NFL dudes, uh, guys fresh out of D1, Texas, Texas tailbacks, University of Texas tailbacks, on and on and on and on. And they've been practicing the sport. And, and yeah, I stay off site. I don't stay at the Olympic Training Center. Always, always just do my own thing. Kind of just like a sigma, kind of, kind of a, an, an introvert. And then one or two people recognize me, and they're like, "Wait, you're you're Dallas from the Sochi Russia Olympics?" I'm like, "Yeah, like, heard you used to be good." I'm like, "Thank you." Yeah, you're right. I used to be. That's it. And you know, and then they invite me to a, a campfire, and you know, sit there and chit chat. They want to hear about the old times and everything. So this else. is before any of the competition. This is before the competition. Gotcha. Um, and and one of the guys there, he started telling the other guys. Like, something's different about Dallas. I didn't know him that well before. I, I knew of him. I'm not saying he's different than he used to be. I'm saying he's different than we are. Like, the dude's got, like, he's a killer. You can tell. And who cares if he hasn't competed in 10 years? Who cares if he's been training himself? Who cares if he's 42 years old? You can tell he knows how to do those things. And I think he's going to surprise some people. My strength coach, Ambrose, said the same thing. The other coaches who are also my, my age were just giggling. They're like, I can't wait to see what happens. He's going he's gonna to do it for the old guys. He's going to do it for the old guys. We go. I'm fourth off the block. A few guys go before me, guys that are currently on the team, summer Olympians. And, after, you know, I'm the fourth off the block. There's 40 people pushing after me. There's a lot of, lot of talented people there. Well, I'm in first after four guys. Fantastic. I'm in the top 25%. 40 guys go. I'm still in first. Mm. And awesome. I, I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll just keep pushing. Uh, so the whole week went, and um, every combo push I was on, every driver combo push was the fastest push of the day. Every two-man combo push was the fastest push of the day. Wow. And every three-man combo push was the fastest push of the day. And about 50 to 75% of the three-man sleds that had three men on it weren't pushing as fast as I was, just myself. Really? Yep. Dude. Now, there were other top-tier athletes. It's not like I just, like, ran away with the show. It was hundreds of a second. You're dealing with, you know, hundreds of a second pushing a 400-pound sled down a crest. Um, But, like, they discovered I was special. I was the new guy again. Mm -hmm. And I got to go out and just – the coaches and athletes discovered finally, again, because it obviously it happened previously when I com- prior competed in the Olympics, that I was special. And it was that it was that what I always looked for when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, sixteen. I finally earned my scholarship. Someone told me I was special. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just me versus me the entire time. Mm-hmm. I didn't care if I finished twelfth. My family, my wife, my daughter. My friends deserve the sharpest, strongest, most motivated, and dedicated person. The only way I knew how to do it was to set a massive one-in-a-million goal and be the one in a million. That was it. Wow. So, so what's next? <clears throat> what's next now that you've done all this? Yeah, so the goal was to be better. The goal was to, to, to have a f- soul-forging journey by myself and crush myself three hours in the evening every night. That was the goal. The goal was not to go back on tour. The goal was not to accept a spot on the team. The goal was not to be USA 1 and win medals. 
I wasn't there to take other people's spots. The result was perhaps that people understand I can take whatever spot I want to, but that doesn't mean that was my desire. And I gave my word to Chelsea that I'm not going to go back on tour for six to eight months. I'm not going to do that. She said, well, what if, you, what if it goes great? I said, well, good. Then I'll feel good about it, and I'm going to come home. I'll be home by Sunday. She's like, yeah, but what if, what if you win? Mm-hmm. After day one, she said that. I'd already told you what was going to happen. I'm going to mm-hmm. sit there and get some medals and some accolades or some attaboys. I made some friends. I'm going to hug them, tell them good luck this season. Mm-hmm. Don't make me come back in 10 more years. That's awesome, man. So, so you're not doing it. I may go back next season because we got a couple years for the Olympics. So right. they'll do this whole World Cup season, World Championships, so on and so forth. If I go back next season and I'm top three again and I actually feel – is if, though, I can carry that level of fitness through an entire season. It's different showing up for one day or two days or three days of competition. Right. Mm-hmm. i got to show up for six months. That's where age starts getting you. You can be a killer, but can you be a killer every single day on the track, every practice, every country, every race? Can you hold up for a season? And, and I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if I'm willing to miss birthdays and Christmases mm-hmm. and Thanksgivings to find out the answer right. to that on a soul-forging journey. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm going to start back training and by the time U S championships rolls around again next year, I'm going to be a monster and significantly better than I was this year off the couch. Unbelievable. And we'll see how it goes. Well, look, if if you need help, Jim's here to help you. I mean, he can get you you there. Yeah. I mean, he's he's there. Yeah. I, 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 all the water bottles you need, I I can keep them supplied to you. I uh, it, it's funny, Jeremy, because you asked the question. Yes. What's next? Yes. And so, uh, my good friend Alice, when I was seeing these these social media posts, and you would look at the, it was clear that he was doing fantastic. Right. Right. And so I simply texted him two words. Just what you said. What's next? And I don't know if you remember, you, you may or may not, but Dallas texted me back essentially what he just told you about, you know, getting some hugs and saying thank you but no thanks. And then he went on to say, the promise I made myself is to work and work like no tomorrow and regardless of the outcome, embarrassment, glory the journey forged me into a better man and then you went on to say this was a soul forging journey and all glory to god i will not accept prizes or glory for his designs on this that's powerful and and what you talked about just now and what you maybe necessarily didn't talk about is the faith part of how all this played in. Mm-hmm. And that was, when I read that, I was like, oh, that that's some powerful stuff. That's some powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of alluded to that earlier. You know, fate and faith is heavy laid on the soul if, if you accept it. Mm-hmm. And by heavy, I mean dense. It's real. It's palpable in the air. And <clears throat> that burden 
that 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 density, that weight, like it is the blessing. And you accept the blessing, you go after it, and and so much of you and so much of the world around you is going to be revealed. And and it's it's revealed through faith. And um like the outcome's already predetermined. We don't need to know that. It's our it's our job to live it. Yeah, you preach the gospel always. Use words only when necessary. I like it. That's St. Like Francis it. of Assisi. Yeah. Let me tell you how proud I am of you. Proud that he's my friend. And he's he's done these things, man. Is that a tear coming out? No, of man. I cried before I got here. <laughs> he, I mean, gosh, dude. It's, 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 you know, I like seeing everybody eat, man. But th- this dude just had the big old buffet. And still living large, man. I'm proud of you, dude. I mean, everything you do is top notch. And if nobody in the world tells you that they're your fan, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm your biggest fan, dude. Rooting you on. No matter what yeah. you do, if you're just going to be a dad the rest of your life, I'm rooting you on, man, because uh, you're something mm-hmm. else. Let, you. let me ask you a question, J-Bo. Yes. He's talking about all this training, and he's, he's down on the farm, and mm-hmm. he's, it, it, it's all nobody's seeing him do it. What movie, powerhouse movie, does that remind you uh, of? Rocky? Yes! Yeah. Yes! Give me a high five on that one. It reminds I wanted to say, na 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 na. I mean, Rocky. seriously, that that's what it reminded me of. Rocky, like like pounding on the uh, the carcasses in the in the freezer. I mean, it's like it's like Dallas Rocky Balboa. You know, you kind know, of stuff. when I first got to, the, well, not the first got time I got to meet him, but him and Sean came in the room together uh, with their partnership here. And I was like, man, two different planets just walked in. But, you know, different what? spectrums. Yeah. But they're just they got the same mentality, the same mm-hmm. outlook in same life. intensity. Yeah. They still got that that goal that's right there. And they're both staring at the same goal. Yeah. That's why that partnership <laughs> works so well here. Uh it's 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 family first. All right, so uh, we're going to take a an extremely quick break. We got some good friends up in Indiana. Yes, Cross the Lines uh, podcast. You need to check it check it out. Cross the Lines fifteen twenty four. Uh, Alan, Dwayne, Jeff, all those guys. Uh, we will be back though with uh, our final segment with uh, Dallas Robinson right here on Two Shots. Are you looking for a clean, fun podcast that you can relate to? Well, we've got it for you. Cross the Line, the 1524, originates out of Indiana. Former high school rivals, now our buddies sitting around a speakeasy bar, talking about common day events, common things. We keep it light, they keep it easy. It's a good time. Check out Cross the Line. 1524. You can find it on all the podcast apps and players. You can also check them out at CrossTheLine1524.com or check them out on Facebook, Cross the Line 1524. Oh, yeah. Oh, Alan. 
Cross the lines, 1524. There's a, those guys have legit become good buddies of RJ, Bo. Absolutely, man. If you need honey, if you need alligator meat, or if you need a four-wheeler, they'll, those guys will take good care of you. Love and them and they, they love to smoke a good cigar. They yes. love an outstanding uh, Kentucky bourbon. They, they frequent the Bluegrass State often. And they have a, uh, a mutual friend that we all love dearly, and that's Stephen Fonte. Stephen Fonte. Yes, man. Top notch. Uh, we are hanging out with uh, Dallas Robinson. Boy, this has been a uh, this has been a fun show. Uh, it's 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 been. I'm not sure now that I think about it. I've really ever had a show on two shots that I've had so much cold chills going on. I know, man. You know, it, we we've come a long way since our first show with you. Uh, I'm pretty sure, pretty <laughs> sure that was. That was a, a good time had by all that night. Uh, that was not. There was no question. There was a good time had by all that night. <laughs> we really behaved. It might be because Sean's not here. He was probably the guy that. Yeah, got Sean, us Sean Woodyard. Uh, you know, he, he's. We, we talked about the the killer instinct that uh, that Dallas talked about. Sean's got that, but that night it was a different kind of killer instinct. <laughs> Sean learned how to smoke a cigar that <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, I did. That was hilarious. Yeah. That was honest to goodness. The the uh, Dallas, you look over to him and. And he and he's and he's describe it. I mean, only you could describe it. But it was clear the guy had never smoked a premium cigar in his life. No, but he did it with intensity. He did. <laughs> like full effort and intensity. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Awesome. By the way, we uh, we made a promise at night when we had you guys in here. Uh, together that we would have you back for individual shows and of course uh, we're fulfilling that tonight with you and, and we're definitely going to get Sean back in here um, you're all's number one person though uh, is Amber and I, I really feel obligated that we need to have Amber on the show because she's the real true story that keeps you guys uh, operating like a fine-tuned machine mm-hmm yeah, she does a great job. Um, not she does a great job because like Sean, Sean's here more than I am because um, obviously I, I primarily work in E Town, Glasgow, and then I live forty five minutes from town. So I, I'll usually schedule a day to come in week, work on the real estate, work on the gym, work on work work on the building, um, and meet with her and Sean. And um, so she, she has to juggle the, the different requests and demands and reporting and everything else of Sean and I. But then she, we have tenants in this building, mm-hmm. right? So, like, we have eight tenants in this building as well. Um, so she handles all the billing. She's primary on, on building maintenance. It's a 30,000-square-foot building. We've replaced numerous HVACs this year. Um, we, we're constantly making upgrades, adding additional apartments, new floors, on and on and on. And then she has all the membership services, signing up and, and taking payments for all the members. Um, like, there, there is no way. Security. Yeah, security. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't want to get on that side. No, no, no you don't. You don't want to get on that side. Ever. No, uh, sir. You just rather have me or Sean get you than, than Amber get <laughs> That's you. That's a fact. Yeah. So um, she she keeps it all running. Like she's the, she's the the sole reason that Sean and I can still keep keep a life outside of this business is because Amber chooses to give her life to this business. She really does. Yep. And she's she's running a business downstairs. Uh, she she's a personal trainer. She does. Well, I'm going to say it, holistic medicine kind of stuff that if you have any questions on stuff besides just regular medicine, mm-hmm. she can tell yep. you the, the healthy way. Yep. She teaches courses to. as well, okay. um, like yoga classes. Um, she just got um, a couple uh, 
certifications outside of just yoga, but also specific to personal training and strength training. Um, yep, she's always she's learning. Tough man, she's tough. Shout out Amber, and she has like thirty six kids that she's taking care of too, man. <laughs> I mean, gosh, and they're all sweet as can be. I love them to death. Uh, so uh, moving right along on that subject, um, so gosh, like like you haven't had enough to keep you busy. Mm-hmm. You you reached out to me and Jay both a, a few months ago and said. I've got this idea, guys, um, and you, you, you kind of sent us a semi-business plan um, to, to look at, and we were both like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? It's cool. Um, the Key Lounge is, a, is another one of your, your, your visions for the Bourbon Trail, for – Mm-hmm. For specifically Lebanon and Marion County's um, uh, trek of that bourbon trail, tell us exactly uh, what your vision is with the Key Lounge. Yeah, yeah. So with Diageo and Jefferson's coming here with Maker's Mark, Limestone, you know, um, with the Kentucky Cooperage and everything else we have here, it puts us top three or four on the map. For bourbon tourism, we already we already have north of a thousand people every single weekend coming through here, and you know, there's always this talk. Uh, there's I don't know. There's just a big difference between talking about it, and being about it, but there's always this talk about the revitalization of downtown. All right, what does that look like? What do we have here in Marion County? And does revitalization mean? just getting more of our people in the community downtown doesn't mean getting more people from outside of other communities like Bardstown and those areas. They have, they have a beautiful downtown. Danville is a beautiful downtown. Is that what we're talking about? Like, are we talking about tourism? Um, so you combine that with what, what, what helps the community in addition to like, what, what am I interested in? And combining that with like kind of nostalgia of like traveling in Europe and, and seeing some of these really cool turn of the century buildings that operate as, as a type of pub or a lounge. Um, and so the, so the key lounge, the whole idea is that it, it, it'll be set up like a 1920s turn of the century Peaky Blinders type mm-hmm. type lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, not a speakeasy. It's not that, um, but if you think of a coffee shop, mm-hmm. but replace the coffee with bourbon, mm-hmm. a place for interesting people and incredible <clears throat> conversations, a place where you can get a proper pour of Pappy, mm-hmm. of uh, whether it early times, Wellers, already one Weller, Blanton's. Yeah. Where can you get that right now? Where can you sit down and just have a quiet conversation, no loud music, just some some. How about a cigar lounge? Mm, yeah, right. it's closest thing is to visit our buddy Stephen Fonte out at Limestone, and you're going to sit out in the, yeah. you know, on the on yeah. the on the outside there. And and how many different <clears throat> bourbons do they serve over there? Limestone, yeah, 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 Yellowstone, Limestone. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. our hope is to have about 150 SKUs um, to have a, a a beautiful leather menu that goes through. What's the distillery? What's the history? What's the mash bill? What tasting notes are you really looking for? 
and then be able to flip through those and get it get it properly by the pour. Sure, there'll be some cocktails and things like that. There'll be there'll be some other spirits there, but um, the <clears> idea <throat> is to fully capture and become a destination spot and to keep people here at the hotel, keep you know here in town keep people filling up the Airbnbs here in town and just not pop into the Cooperage and Maker's Mark and say, see you later, Marion mm-hmm. County. Right. To actually keep them here and to do the bourbon industry right. And to, to be a spot where those distilleries also say, hey, and if you want a barrel select, mm-hmm. head on down to the Key Lounge, here's a card. And mm-hmm. then they can go down there and get all sorts of different pours and, and get that compared against other weeded flights or other rye flights or mm-hmm. other bonded flights and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, that's the idea. I think there'll be seating for about 65. We're probably going to do a rooftop, uh, lounge as well. Uh And then, and then there will be an additional, um, separate reserve space, uh, small Rick house and, and other areas for additional event venues. Ah, can't wait. You sent us a pictures. Uh, I love, I love your concept of, of not only the inside and the, um, I don't know the sophisticated word I'm looking for right now, but um, maybe sophistication of the inside. But but the outside, it, and it you hit it. It's kind of got that uh, that kind of that old feel. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I looked at the pictures, I kind of resembled, and maybe this is not a good example, but I I kind of resembled the guys on the Titanic. Where they let you know when it was, dinner was over and they they left their wives and went and had a cigar and a and a pour of bourbon and just sat around and just and talked about the times. Mm-hmm. That that's what it that's what it felt like when I looked at those pictures. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you know, and it, and it, and, it, and it's a lounge. Like when you think of a pub, you think of certain things. You think of warmer beer. Right. Dark beer, right? You think of a brewery, you think of something else. All sorts of different flavors mm-hmm. of beer, fresh beer. When you think of a bar, you think of something else. Mm-hmm. When you th- lounge, we like we get to, to define that. We're going to get to make that lounge whatever we want it to and what the community is going to turn it into. Um, but I can guarantee you it's going to be a classy spot with incredible bourbon. It's going to be an attraction. And interesting conversations are going to happen about ideas, not just about people. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love, I love it. it. I say it's the first time I've heard about the rooftop thing, man. That's yeah, cool. you sprung that one yeah, on us. Yeah, that's a new one on me, M- Mr. Olympian. Yeah, so um, that's one of the reasons we had to actually rebuild the entire roof so it could be you know, load-bearing. Lo- load bearing. Um, and it will have a metal staircase that will wind above the bar inside and come up that way. No exterior staircase access. And um, I have some other things I just don't want to ruin, but they involve holograms and stuff. Nice. So, uh, like, there, there's nothing like having a having a proper 1916 built true to the period, true to the location, <clears throat> true to the industry, but then adding some Tron elements to it. I mean, mm. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I one of my friends uh, took me to a handful of his different locations in Louisville, and one of them was a New Orleans jazz type type bar. And they had a hologram jazz player come out of the floor, and then the music would play roughly whatever it looked like the hologram was playing. Pretty incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> like pretty incredible. Yeah, like, cool. like, I like it. How about a Peaky Blinders character? Yeah, sitting in the corner, playing. You know, or, or maybe yeah. maybe just smoking a cigar. Right? Yeah, and and and. 
drinking a glass of bourbon. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's some cool things that we're going to do with it. Um, and, and I, I hope it just becomes one of the prides of Lebanon that people are like, have you, have you been there yet? Let me take you. I'm a member. I like Let's it. go. Uh, so, so, so paint us through the timeline. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, uh, how's the timeline look for this, uh, look like, uh, for the key lounge? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I want to say like, I don't know how many people are truly experienced in building out a bar. Maybe I can get Freddie on here. Has Freddie done something like that? Freddie help. Not yet. No. All right, well, maybe we need him to yeah, <laughs> help me yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but so I, I did it. I have a beautiful home bar. I've, I've saw, I've, I have some experience in it. Um, the biggest trick isn't necessarily the electrical layout, the design. The, the biggest trick is the trim carpentry and the actual bar layout. So the bartender's not having to reach over. So there's enough room for two people to go behind. So there's enough room for the Glen Karens and mm-hmm. the wine glasses and the shakers. I don't know. I don't know how long that's going to take. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that I use for cabinetry and trim carpentry are my, my Mennonite friends mm-hmm. and, and families over in Braftersville. And they do an incredible job, but I bet they don't know a whole lot about bar layout either. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a little bit of effort for me to get, look, I love learning. I love reading. I'm on like, like 34 books this year, but I love being around smart people that already know the information mm-hmm. that I can pick their brain about that I can compensate them to help me and um, desperately looking for someone to help me on that end of it. And then the rest of it will go together super quick. I think we're going to be open accepting memberships by May. Cool. And we're talking then, May of 2024, right? May of 2024. Wow. Okay. I can't wait. Yep. I'm, All right. Cause it, it's fully clean, fully gutted. Uh, the roof's on. We just have to put the surface on and then we're ready for electric plumbing rough in and after right. that it's just design and trim carpentry sweet uh jaybo how many books have you read this year let's see you read your not kids. not not cat in the hat and yeah, stuff like that kid books don't count. yeah man no no nah, nah, like i read all the uh the cornbread mafia series man this year uh yeah <laughs> yeah it has been you believe that that's don't about, you dallas that's about, that's about the uh just of it okay yeah what all about right. you jim reading uh, I've read a few books. I can't, re- you know, I'm bad about reading the books and then completely forgetting them. Right. Like early, early Alzheimer's. So, so do you listen to the books or do you actually sit there and read the books? So both primarily listen, but anytime I listen to a book and I'm like, this is because I have a long commute, right? right. If mm-hmm. I'm on the road two and a half hours mm-hmm. a day, mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out a way to supercharge that two and a half hours a day, a way mm-hmm. for me to continue to right. better myself and have an advantage um, and be better than the old me. So, like, I'm flipping through right now, uh, Dune, the book, not the movie, the book. I mm-hmm. just listened to Dune, just finished that up, and that was about a 22-hour listen. The one before that was Titan, which is the um, Rockefeller story, uh, Ron Chernoff. That was a 35-hour listen. And then the one before that was, like, Defiance of the Fall, which is, like, a lit RPG adventure. Um, so I'm all over the place. I usually try and do so- something uh, something spiritual, something educational, something by like biography or history, mm-hmm. and then I'll flip to some fantasy, gotcha. and then I'll just kind of rotate through that. Like otherwise, that. otherwise, I would just sit there on some fantasy series, yeah, listening about Zach 
stabbing dragons in the woods with right. his hammer, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, what am I listening? Yeah, to? Yeah, right, 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 right. I think I think I could handle doing the listening. I need to try that more often because if I have a book in my hand, I get distracted, put it down, I never come back. Yeah, but the if people I ha- reading the book to you are better at it. Yes, than doing That's the voices right. and reading the words than we are. <laughs> what? Like, what? why would you not? Yeah, right. yeah, I, I totally get it. Like. Like, I think I could read any book in the whole wide world if Morgan Friedman <laughs> was, was, was reading it to me. Right. I, I really think that. Or the uh, the other gentleman that was in the – remember the movie where he is uh, – the, the kids are playing baseball and they hit the ball over into the yard. Sandlot? Sandlot. Yeah. What was the gentleman that had the – that had played with Babe Ruth and all those and had the Babe Ruth ball. Mm. And, uh, an incredible voice. I mean, I could – like, they could read the dictionary to me. James Earl Jones would be yes. James Earl yeah. Jones. That's it. J-Bo, you did it. Uh, you said it. He's a great job. Yeah. I mean, just incredible. But, you, no, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, J-Bo, there, there is hope. There's we, – we are – it's officially November. Uh-huh. Got two months left. I mean, I think you can put in about twenty books in that time period. Maybe, maybe take that zero off, man. We'll be on it. <laughs> Good two, solid two. We can do it. Oh my goodness something gracious! To, something to do while I'm sitting in the deer stand, listen to a book. I can do. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but thing Mow, is, mowing the lawn, mowing the lawn. That's true. Yep. Picking up, picking up Halloween decorations. Well, I want to take back the, the deer hunting thing because that's when I connect to nature, man. All, all yeah. I want to hear is the crickets to. Yeah, Air no, course. I get it. You know that that's that's uh, that's recharge time for I, me. I I totally get it. I have shot nothing, but I've gotten you know reset fifty times. So uh, this is uh, this is you've taken us somewhere I'm else. Sorry, man. Sorry. Um, you you know the uh, well, not really because Dallas lives out out in the country. Uh, I saw a video. Uh, my a good buddy Greg Gaddy was showing me. He was he owns a farm that's on the Marion Casey County line, and he was showing me this video of a black bear. Holy moly! Mm-hmm. He was a healthy black bear, and this black bear stood up and and Greg had a uh, one of his trail cameras, and and the bear of course recognized it, started smelling of it and stuff. Uh, these bears are 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 getting a little more free, uh, frequent in this area, mm-hmm. but I say all that to say this: are, when you're out in the woods, uh, have you ever had any scary episodes? It's always scary. I sing "Jesus Loves Me" all the way to deer stand. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. It, walking in the woods in the dark. Yeah, because you're walking out there in the. I mean, it's yeah. legit dark. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, the guy that I hunt with, we have his. David Wheatley, I yeah, give a shout out. <laughs> Wheatley Otto, we, we right. expect a discount. Okay, when, go ahead. Whenever he comes in the woods, he always goes, "Jabo, don't shoot me," because <laughs> because we're both just jumping. Yeah, uh, it's scary in the woods, man. And uh, fell asleep once. Well, one to many, but I woke up and there was coyotes staring at me. That's nice. That, Talking that's... about cold chills. I read I read a story uh, about a guy. I, I, I don't think it was in Kentucky, but he was in a deer stand. I, I don't know if you heard about this, but this black bear uh, had a couple of cubs, and and so the of course 
they recognized somebody, something. So the Cubs were like crying, and the and the mom just went crazy. She tried to go up the ladder to get this guy in his deer stand. Hey, it, like, oh man, how pal? Sorry, goodness gracious. I love. So I have trail cam set up for all my, and I'm not a big hunter. I have a couple of friends that are hunters. They have kids. They were hunting there when my grandparents owned the farm. I've allowed them to continue. The kids have gotten older, so they come out. I'm just like scrolling through turkeys and bucks, and so you're you're in in legit. I mean, it's great deer hunting, great tur- turkey. I mean, wildlife. Yep. Yeah, big yeah. time. Where you uh, live? Some some bear. Uh, like this one, they were out there about an hour and a half. Like they're just spoiled at this point, but uh, yeah, that was that was Good. going to heat. Oh, his okay, yeah. yeah. That, that was. I see you there. Saturday. Big, yeah. No, 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 no. That was when? What is today? Thursday. That's that was a, that was Tuesday. You, you realize so, that's a moose, so right? That little boy's about nine years old, and you know, it, the last three times they've come, it's within an hour. They 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 get a big ten twelve pointer, and they're just they're just on the road back to Alabama. Yeah. Um, but like I'm not a. I'm not a big hunter. So I see all the trail cams set all the trail cams up and I see the bobcats and the bear and the bucks and the coyotes. And sometimes my dogs run over and they just look like giant coyotes. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing like they're beautiful. There's, there's nothing to me, to me, there's nothing scary about it. Like just, and this sounds weird. I don't do it much anymore. I'm probably not going to do it now that I have a daughter. But when I used to hear the coyotes going crazy, on the farm, on the hundreds and hundreds of acres, no mm-hmm. one's no one around, and mm-hmm. you just hear it echoing through the knobs. But I thought it was close. I'll just grab a walking stick, midnight, Nuh-uh. and just start walking, like through the corn, and just trying to go to where they were. Um, now, not because I was like, oh, "I'm gonna go fight me some coyotes," <laughs> but just because like it's such a cool sound. No, I and, and, yeah. you, and you generally know that like a coyote's yeah. not going to do anything to you. Um, I see the biggest thrill out of that, and like Chelsea tell you, if she were on, she'd be like. Yes, every time he hears coyotes, he just starts walking in the woods, going to find them like he's one of them. I'm not one of Look, them. Look, man, for you, I'm more of the coyote size, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm closer to their size. They're going to take me out a lot yeah. quicker. Than, they're going to second-guess themselves. So what are you saying? You're, you, the next time he hears it, just to give you a buzz, no, and you're going to go man. with him? Uh-uh. Yeah, I just hop on my shoulders, kind of like Mad Max. Mad Max, we'll just arena fight the coyotes. <laughs> but the next time he starts feeling bad for somebody and needs him to come in and kill a couple of deer, I hope he calls me because you know I still haven't got my first buck yet. And that see, nine-year-old, that, that, that nine-year-old just see, I, I'm right beginning to you, think yeah, that you could get that on my front porch. No, but oh I, my god, no, I'm beginning to think that you don't want to hurt Bambi. No, I, I don't mind because I, I have freezer full of meat right mm. now, and it's it, it and you know, me. and you know who to take it to too. Yeah, Mike Kelty. Um, uh, yeah. Hey, good taxidermy. Do you guys know one? Yes. Who? Uh, I'll give you the number. Okay. Off off the air. You, you don't yeah. know the name. Well, I, they don't pay us anything, so. Sorry. Okay, that's true. <laughs> they might after you they, tell them they, who I, it is. I, I might, might get half actually, off if you say it. Actually, he's retired, but okay. he still does stuff on the side. So, um, I, I have some steer, some some longhorns. I'm getting processed, um, grass-fed, grass-finished ah, uh, in yeah. April. Yeah. Okay. And they're only, they're not even going to be two years old yet. And some of the, like, some of their, their horn, I mean, from me to you, at least, across this Really? Table, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they'd be beautiful. Oh, wow. Like, if I could get. 
you know, one or, one or, yeah. one or two yeah. of those. I'll hook you up. Well, if, if you've got an extra, I mean, we've got a yep. great wall right <laughs> there that, uh, that, <laughs> That's what we'll do. that a Longhorn would absolutely look gorgeous. We don't already, you, don't you think so? Yeah, we already have a bobcat that we didn't yeah. kill hang, hanging up. I mean, I can, I can that was, honestly. That was, that was uh, oh, Will yeah. Farmers. Right? Will Farmers. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I like Absolutely. Will. Good yeah. kid. He's a good kid. Man, a, a, a great show. I mean, is what have we missed, Jabo? What have you missed? I, you know what? I I got to hear everything I wanted to, to hear this time around. Uh, I, I got to hear that you got a man crush on Dallas. No, I just I'm only because I can fight coyotes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and he has forty six point bucks running around on his uh, yeah. farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's crazy. No, I, no. I, I'm just man. It's just it's good to see good people uh, do big things, and and that's that's you to a T, man. Uh, I know a, a lot of successful people and people doing big things get get you know like us, man. We we talk all the time. Small towns. There's there's people here that don't want you to be successful. Mm. Yeah, there's some people that's got your back mm-hmm. in the small town, but man, you just gotta block out those. You know, those people, man. When other people are successful, particularly if they're not as smart, they're not as talented, but they're successful, I mean, that gives me so much permission to do the same. And if they are smarter and more talented and they're really successful, I'm like, but maybe I can almost be as successful as that person. You know, any time... Anyone has success, regardless of the level of it. Like, if you can't root them on, and if you can't celebrate them, knowing that success is infinite, it's right. not finite. It's not like there's limited resources of love and success. There's not. Right. And anytime someone, like, I don't know, I don't even care. I don't I have no idea who the teacher of the year is. But when they announce it, I'm excited Heck for yeah. that person. It's probably the first time I've ever heard their name. Root yeah. them on, man. Um, you know, you, you just. You have to you have to understand that like the people around you that are having success, whether you know them, whether you love them, whether they're in your corner, whether they're in your family or they're in your friend group, their success has paved the way and given you permission to have success maybe in the exact same category, the exact same industry, or maybe different. It should motivate you. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. yeah. Those those, right. those I, I I can't phantom having to live my life unhappy to where you just Want to shoot everybody down, and they're mm-hmm. they're. It's not just this community; it's all over the world. Be nice to people, be happy for people, mm-hmm. and I promise you, it will come back it, to you. People will treat you the same way. Jay Bell, I'm I'm always like rooting for you. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate, <laughs> it. I appreciate it. I have one person. Yeah, you yeah. you versus a coyote. I got you. <laughs> I pr- I'm oh, rooting gosh. for you. Look, I'm I don't like those suckers. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, it's been a great show. I, I want to personally, uh, you know, we, we've told you many times how appreciative we are of you and, and, and Sean for allowing two shots on a barrel to, uh, to operate out of, out of the beautiful building that, uh, that you have here in Lebanon. Uh, we're proud of uh, the studio. We're, we're proud to call it home. Uh, we, we've extended uh, obviously an invitation to you and Sean to any time you want to come in here. It's your building for God's sakes, right? But we really, truly, honestly appreciate uh, you uh, and your your hospitality here at um, at this place. And 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 uh, what do you, what do you got to echo on it's that? It's just Jebel? cool. cool to, uh... Cool that you would even think of us. 
yeah. when you had when you had a place up here. I mean, you could be like, ah, y'all be all right. Yeah. No, you say, hey, come here, let's talk. Yeah. You didn't have to do that. Yeah, you really didn't. You really didn't. And 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 honestly, uh, we would be easy to evict anytime. <laughs> Yeah. But you've you've always been gracious. Anything we've asked for, you've said, let's go. And and honestly, uh, we really appreciate what you guys have done for us. We're so proud of the Two Shot Studio. Well, thank you. And it's it's honor to have you guys here. And, uh, yeah, I think I've only been in here the two times with you guys. One time to get candy for some of the kids that were here. <laughs> and I think to drop off a bottle of bourbon for you guys. There you go. Here, but, there you uh, go. You know, you can't have too many good people in a space. You just yeah. can't. And yeah. so as soon as you guys were like, hey, this is what we're thinking, I was like, I, I have a big build, man. Like, we'll find space. There's always yeah. there's always going to be cool, space man. for good people. And uh, so I appreciate you guys being here. And an extension of soon-to-be-the-ballroom, soon-to-be-the-key lounge. I like it. Oh, it's two shots cool. on a barrel. Uh, you guys will have your own Rick house downstairs that you Sweet. can you can whiskey thief out of and all awesome. sorts of fun stuff. That's love it, awesome, man. love it. Yeah, if you know anyone that wants to put good barrels down there, we got you, man. We know right. several people. Yeah, yeah we sure yeah, do. Be the two shot barrel. Hey, and before go. we go, let's do a barrel pick sometime. Yeah, we we absolutely need to do that. Done. All yeah. right. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, man, I've had an absolute blast, Jabo. Love it. Love it. We got to do this more often. We should. We should. Uh, it's November. We can have. I, I keep thinking we need to have like a uh, what do you call it? Where you just have like a bunch of shows, marathon, marathon. We could do that too. Yeah. Like you do your KC's food drive. We could do a twenty-four hour two shots That's marathon. Right. That's coming up in two weeks. Twenty-four hour <laughs> food drive. There you go. All right. Uh, that's it for two shots. Thanks to Dallas Robinson. I'm Jimbo. Jimbo. Adios. Adios.